The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And I have had way too much coffee today, Corey. Like, so much coffee. Um, cannot stress enough that I might be a little faster talking than normal. Oh, hell. Um, which I know, and I'm a little concerned, because I had... I'll, I'll get into it, I guess, in a moment. But we're going to be reviewing 1982's... The Last Unicorn tonight, um, our last movie in our 80s uh, list, um, and then we'll t- we'll announce what we're going to be doing in May and what our next movie is at the end of the podcast. Um, but before we do that, Corey, how you doing? So I'm going to just start a little thing here. Um, for now on, I would like to be introduced as a special guest, Corey Star, <laughs> even though I'm on every week. But anyway, I'm okay, kidding. Okay, special guest, Corey Star. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, so... Uh, if you have me on Instagram or Snapchat, or if you know me at all, you've seen that I got my new couch today that we've been oh. waiting for since, like, January. This is a custom-made couch. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I just laid on it, and Max and Mabel are pissed because I won't let them on it. Oh. And, <laughs> um, you know, I just was listening to The National, and... I was just so happy, and I got a new phone today because oh. it was time, and my phone wasn't charging, and it's just been a very busy day in the Star Comerford household. Do you want to share what phone you picked up? Uh, yeah, I got the Samsung Galaxy Nine Plus. How you, have and you got I, it set up already? Uh, well, of course, the lady at Verizon, and you know this because I ask really stupid questions about tech stuff, and I also bother my husband all the time. That I'm just not very tech savvy, and I kind of don't like to be bothered with it. If you know what I mean, I feel like that sounds so horrible, but I can't remember everything. But I hate tech thing, techie things for the most part. So the lady at Verizon did it for me, and she was a little sweetie pie. And I haven't like customized it or anything, but you know, it, it's so cool. They just connect your old phone with your new phone, mm-hmm. and they have like this app thing, and it even put all my apps on there and everything, and it was just great. I knew they could like do your your know your contacts and stuff, but Two yeah, years yeah. ago when I got a phone, they didn't do, like, my messages. Like, I have all my yeah. text messages. Android is, uh, I like the way Android can connect with a cable. Um, Apple has the iCloud, and, and Android has cloud options, but, man, the cable is just so much faster. Um, and you don't need to, to sit in the store for two hours while the Wi-Fi actually connects. Um, but, yeah, it's cool that you upgraded your phone. Um, I am also an Android user. I have a, a Note 8 uh, so Samsung all the way. Um, I uh, we're recording later than normal tonight because I had a awesome work dinner. Um, myself and a few other colleagues uh, with a Harvard psychologist and my my principal. Um, and he's come to our school every year for like the last four years. And I've I've talked to him before, but this is the first time I've like sat down at like a dinner and and had conversations with him. It's great because he validates the amount of time I spend on movies because he references pop culture like all the time. 
and uh, he's also a musician. And like even in his uh, the speech he gave to our fifteen hundred student population today, he showed a clip from the Breakfast Club. Um, so it makes me feel good. Pump at the end. What's that? Was it like the fist? No, it's the scene, um, the the very trying scene when they realize that when detention's over, they're not going to be friends anymore, and they're talking about, you know, like, would you do this in the hallway, and the kid tells why he's in detention because of the flare gun, um, that, it's, you know, it's all about stress, that was his topic today, was stress, and, uh, so, we go to this very nice Italian restaurant in Winter Haven that I've never been to, um, and I know why, because it's not cheap, um, but, uh, my friend and I are drinking coffee. Like we got there, we're both very punctual, so we were there like before everybody else was there, and we're like, "Oh, coffee!" I'm like, "Oh, if you're having coffee, I'll have coffee." And I think I had three regular coffees. Oh jeez. And then I had a cappuccino with dessert, because I love cappuccino. If I would have been drinking cappuccino the whole night had I realized they had it. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but I don't usually go to nice restaurants that would have espresso machines. <laughs> and yes. Um. Much less the talent to actually make a real cappuccino. But um, before I went, I didn't actually, I didn't think I was going to go to the dinner tonight. I didn't think I was going to be able to. Um, and so I, I got a nice coffee on my way home. And then I drank my normal coffee this morning. So I've had like a whole lot of coffee, like way more coffee than I normally drink. Um, I'm a little buzzed on caffeine right now. But uh, I did eat a lot of food. So... Cause it was like a four course meal. Like there was appetizers, salad, my entree, and then dessert, which I got a delicious tiramisu, um, with my cappuccino. I am feeling a little hyper. I'm not going to lie. Like I am definitely feeling all of the caffeine. Um, I may not sleep tonight, Corey. I may just <laughs> power through, uh, might walk back to New York. Who knows? Um, oh my God. and that was my way of segueing into what we watched this week, Corey, cause I was at the Tribeca Film Festival for uh, four days in New York City. And it was awesome. Very, very awesome time. Um, I watched... Do you, do you know how many movies I watched, Corey, in the four days I was at the festival? I'm going to go with 13. Wow. Really close. 14. I watched 14 movies in four days. Um, and much like when I was talking about the Florida Film Festival, I will not go into all of them. I'm going to just read them off real fast, and then we'll see what you've been watching. Um, I saw Tully... A second time yes and that was because jason reitman was there to do a q a afterwards that's the director um who directed also juno and young adult who i'm a fan of uh big fan of juno i like young adult um but let's move faster ghost box cowboy stockholm cargo you shall not sleep lemonade in a relationship jellyfish what's that you shall not sleep the story of john oh. burke yeah tonight's that's autobiographical um the Night Eats the World, Zoe, Little Woods, The Dark, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, and my namesake, Jonathan, um, starring Ansel Elgort uh, as Jonathan. Um, and then I watched uh, the, the Last Unicorn, which we're reviewing tonight. And last night, I saw Avengers Infinity War. So I've watched quite a few movies this week. Um, and I didn't watch anything tonight, and I'm not going to watch anything, or I did not watch anything on... I think Tuesday was the day I came back. So, um, or maybe it was Monday. I didn't watch anything. I don't know, but I watched a lot of movies. So I got, I got to take a couple days off this week. Uh, but I just got a screener for a new Jim Carrey movie, um, that where he's playing like a detective that's coming out in May. So I'm going to be watching that tomorrow. I hope, um, unless I can go see super troopers too, because I still need to see that. 
So I, after I'm done talking about the very few things that I've watched, I'm going to talk about a cool thing that I'm going to because I feel like you always get to talk about cool things and I never do. It happened um, a lot this last month, so yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, and fuck, ooh, sorry. It's okay. Um, and also, I live in Idaho, so not a lot of cool things happen here. But I watched, I think, only two episodes of Big Love, mm. and I watched the movie we're reviewing, and then I'm in the middle of watching Still Walking, which is a Japanese film. Interesting. Because I'm still working on that paper, and you uh. all know how much I hate writing, and one of our methods of research is film watching, so boom. And next week, on Thursday, I'm going to Atlanta, and <laughs> I might have already talked about this. I don't, I'm going to Shaky Knees Fest. What is it called again? Shaky Knees. Shaky Knees. And I'm very excited because I'm going to see a lot of people that I would not be able to see if it weren't for this festival. Hmm. So I'm going to get to see David Byrne of the Talking Heads, and I'm going to get to see uh, the Wigs, and oh my god, Jack White, and why hmm. am I forgetting everyone I'm seeing right now because I'm talking about it, you know? Well, I don't know most of the things you just said, so... Um, but good for you with your weird hipster music, and uh, I hope you have a good time. Be safe. Uh, don't eat any random brownies that people offer you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since uh, we, we kind of powered through what we've been watching, I do want to touch on two films from Tribeca that I'd like for people to watch. Actually, I'm going to talk about three films, but one of them is more of a don't watch warning, but two of them are high recommendations. Um, I want to talk about Jellyfish for a minute. Um, Jellyfish, I loved very, very much. And uh, my our editor, David Ortega, came with me to Tribeca. Um, and he also loved Jellyfish. And it was one that we almost didn't see. We actually skipped seeing a film called Duck Butter that stars Aaliyah Shawkat, who I really do want to see that movie. But Jellyfish had this element that pulled both of us in and that... Um, it's a girl who's basically taking care of her brother and sister because her mom is sick. It doesn't define how, how she's sick in the premise. Um, and is struggling with normal like childhood stress, but also then basically the stress of being an adult already uh, at age 15 until her, her drama teacher turns her on to stand-up comedy. And uh, she finds like an outlet through stand-up. And that really pulled us in to come see it. Now, stand-up is an important part of the movie, but it isn't... She only... She doesn't perform a lot. A lot of it is just her learning the craft of writing. Um, like, you know, taking her pain and converting it into a joke. Um, and the process that she goes through. But uh, I, I was really taken by the lead actress. She does a terrific job. There are some very difficult scenes in the film. Um, and ultimately, it is a little self-congratulatory if, if, uh, in the fact that it's basically saying that arts are a healing mechanism. And so a film saying that, you can say, is a little heavy-handed, as film is one of those arts. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it and took a lot from it. Um, and so if, if and when that movie shows up somewhere, you can see it, whether it's on VOD or at a local theater near you. I highly recommend Jellyfish. And uh, the other one is called Lemonade, um, which is uh, a female director who I'm trying to get the uh, information pulled up here um, I'm going to butcher her name for sure uh, despite being told many times not to Ioana Urakeru and stars Melina Manovici um, da uh, David and I saw this film together also and 
we were uh, late to this like we weren't late to the beginning but we were late to getting there so we had like very few options on seating and we ended up having to sit in the front row uh which was okay at this particular theater because they were recliner seats and they were far enough away that it wasn't too bad being in the front row but there was an awkward part um if you've ever been to a film festival and there's a director or cast member there they'll do a q a at the end of the movie but they do it underneath the screen so they were literally like two feet away from us um where they didn't need microphones for us to hear them kind of thing you know and uh after the film the director and the lead actress were there um and we were really moved by this movie this was a film we kind of picked um mainly because of time it fit into our timetable and it ended up being one of our favorite films of the festival um it deals with a romanian immigrant um trying to get a green card and the struggle she goes through. So it kind of highlights like problems with our immigration system, um, problems with the medical system. Like it's, uh, it's really, really interesting and it's really well performed. Um, liked the film so much. Uh, yeah, there's, and again, like jellyfish, there's some very difficult scenes in this movie. Um, but yeah, it was one that we were both really uh, taken by and enjoyed a lot. And then Corey, I have some sad news. The last movie I want to talk about is not one I loved, and um, it is stars. It a horror movie? Uh, no, no. Uh, in fact, the horror only one of the horror movies I saw. I saw three. O- only one of them was bad, and it wasn't like super bad. I'm sorry, I saw four. I saw four horror movies. Um, no, this one's called Zoe, and uh, it's it's got our boy Ewan McGregor in it. Okay. And he's great. But the movie's really, really bad. Um, it's it it tries to be really smart, like it thinks it's super smart, and it pulls from some awesome films. Like there's uh, touches of Ex Machina, there's touches of Blade Runner, um, but it the director has nothing to say with the things he's pulling. Like it's really unclear what he's going for, um, and it, it deals with AI. That's where the Ex Machina element comes in. Um, AI in a synthetic human being. Uh, but man, like the story doesn't seem to have a clue what the message or what point it's trying to get across. Like it plays with sci-fi themes that are traditional, but it, it doesn't seem like they understand the themes um, that they're just pulling from other movies and then trying to recreate it. I do think Ewan McGregor's uh, charm helps make the movie tolerable. But as you kind of look at it and there's this r- weird twist at the end that does not, make any sense in the world in the world the film is built um and i gave it one and a half stars and there's a critic i follow on letterbox named david elric and i just saw this he gave it one star as well and um this movie even has a cameo from christina aguilera uh, i've not- just seen that yeah but it is it is not good and i was very disappointed um especially because i i chose to see this at 9 a.m um over jonathan which uh we did see jonathan but we we had to we missed 30 minutes of jonathan because it was right after the miseducation of cameron post and the miseducation started late and then had the entire cast there which included uh chloe grace moretz and sasha lane so we couldn't just walk away um since they were on stage like after the movie so we were 30 minutes late to jonathan so we missed half or i'm sorry we missed one third of jonathan Luckily, I knew enough about the premise where I was able to piece together what had happened, but I still, like, it's hard to write a review about a movie I saw only two-thirds of. So, 
Um, I could have saw Jonathan in the morning instead of Zoe and then used our paid ticket to see something different um, at a time where we wouldn't have been rushed. But, you know, sometimes things happen. So, Who's in the movie, Jonathan? Uh, Ansel Elgore. And um, an actress who I know, but I cannot think of her name. Is it Patricia Clarkson? Yes. I love her. She always plays mm-hmm. a crazy mom, and I just love her so much. She's actually a doctor in this one. And I, I was and she ex- played... I was expecting she, her to be like a villain, but she's not. Oh, she played a psychiatrist. Well, she played the town doctor who also has to double as the town psychiatrist. And, um, oh my God, that movie that I love with Ryan Gosling. Mm. Where, with the doll. Oh, uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Yes. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like Jonathan quite a bit, though. That was a much better sci-fi movie than Zoe. Um... But yeah, that's what we've been watching. Um, Corey's got this awesome concert coming up. Uh, we are going to be getting into our new topic. We're going to have to record kind of early next week as a result of her going out of town. But, um, you know. You're doing something. Darn. I know. I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, I wish it's, you're so close. It sucks because, like, I always want to drive to Atlanta and just be like, hey, Corey. You guys should come to Atlanta. Come to the fest with us. I don't think Kathy or I would enjoy this particular festival. Um, to remember where I am because you know Kathy got on to me last time I came to visit because I live in Idaho and I mean that central Florida is still in me where I'm like Bill make sure you lock all the doors or like things like that but then I'm like super I get kind of lazy with other things like don't leave your bag in the car you know uh, yeah 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 where people can see it and yeah well, with that, I think we need to get into our review of The Last Unicorn. Um, let's do the stats. So, The Last Unicorn came out in 1982, and our topic for the month of April was movies from the 80s that one of us had not seen, and this was one that neither of us had seen. Um, a brave unicorn and a magician fight an evil king who is obsessed with attempting to capture the world's unicorns. Um, it has this amazing cast. Uh, it's directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin, and in these... I think one of the guys is the same who did the uh, animated Lord of the Rings and animated Hobbit movies from the 80s. Um, And the animation style in this film is very similar. Um, Jeff Bridges, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury, Alan Arkin, and then um, Christopher Lee uh, kind of shape up the cast. Um, Corey, you picked this movie. uh, and You said you found it on a list, right? Yeah, I was just doing what I do sometimes and just Googling. So I was like, movies made in the 80s. And I've heard people talk about how much they love about this, how much they love this movie online, because I'm not a very social creature. And uh, I was intrigued. And also the guy who wrote the screenplay is the author of the book that it's based off of. Ah, okay. And so then I thought that was pretty cool. The music is by Jimmy Webb, who's got quite a, a soundtrack list. Um, looking at his uh, listing, he's got 140 soundtracks on his credits. Um, not as many composers. He's got 15 composer credits, including the all-important Weird Al Yankovic Jurassic Park video. Um, and then the music department, he's got 11 credits that include this movie um, and some other stuff. But the, I, the song sounded more from, like, like from the 80s. I thought there might have been somebody famous but apparently not according to at least not according to imdb but um um it isn't it that band america 
Oh, that's what you said. Yeah, I, I didn't know who they were until you pointed out to me who they were. Because they do have like a really big hit song that I didn't know was, was from a, a band called America. I thought that... I'll talk about it in the spoilers. Spoilers, okay. Well, Corey, uh, you picked the movie, so why don't you start... What did you think of The Last Unicorn? I think that I would have loved this so much as a child. Because I love loved fantasy movies when I was a kid and I think that it would you know if I had grown up with it it would probably mean a lot to me now and I enjoyed watching it but as beloved as it is it it just didn't live up to you know expectations the hype or the hope I guess yeah um I hope um I mean I liked it I enjoyed it but and I feel like I would watch this one again but I just, it doesn't, it obviously doesn't, you know. we're, we're definitely not the demographic. I mean, yes, it's from our time period where we would have been the demographic, but we missed it until we were in our, well, and I was in my 30s and you were in your, what, teenage years? And, yeah. um, you know, because your age is a mystery. But uh, yeah. I, I will set the stage first and then give my opinion. So Wednesday... Um, was when I watched the movie. I wasn't planning on watching it Wednesday. I was actually going to watch it tonight before we recorded, which is Friday night when we're recording. And because um, I was going uh, on Wednesday, my plan was to get home. My wife was going to be uh, working farther away, so she was going to get home kind of late. So I was going to take my daughter, and we were going to go get uh, a pho or a pho, depending on your um, pronunciation, but Vietnamese noodle soup. And then we were going to go see Super Troopers 2, which is questionable if I should bring my daughter to that, but I was going to. She's 14, that's fine. She is 14 now, um, and I do have to start dealing with that, and she's pretty mature for her age anyways. But um, while I was at work, I got a text that um, my daughter's friend was going to come um, stay the night that night, though, because we were doing a favor for their parents. And okay, and my wife was like, just take her too. I'm like... Are, are, are we sure that they're okay with me taking them to that? She's like, it'll probably be fine. I'm like, okay. But then our movie theater did something weird, and our start time for the movie was 6.20. Usually it's 7 or 7.30 or 8 even, but it was 6.20 start time. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be really tight. And then I find out that her friend isn't going to get here till like 5.45 or 5.50. So there would be no time to get dinner and see the movie. And I, I can't not feed my kid... Sorry for the double negative, but that's how I'm going to say it before seeing a movie. So I'm like, okay, great. My plans are wrecked. Now I'm getting hangry. And Corey, you can relate to hangry, right? Oh, I get real mad. Yeah. So I'm getting hangry and I decide I'm going to have to give up the movie that night and I'm going to just take them to get some dinner from somewhere. And I'm, I am currently a pescatarian, um, or at least trying really hard to stay that way, uh, and so I'm limited on where I can go out to eat. And I want to take my daughter to this sandwich place uh, where they have like three vegetarian subs that are not just like ve- like a salad on bread. Like they have like a, a black bean patty or something. You know what I mean? Like there's substance, not just salad on bread. And I'm really excited. I'm like, let's go here. And this place is kind of like old school Quiznos. Like they toast the subs. And my daughter's just not into toasted bread for some reason. She's a picky eater with certain things. And so that frustrates me because I'm starving. And I really had my heart set on that particular sub. 
and she's just like, I don't really want toasted. And I was like, oh, okay. Can't she just not get it toasted? I don't know. And I didn't want to drive 30 minutes to find out that, no, she had to get it toasted. Because I feel like, like Quiznos, that was just kind of their thing, right? Like, everything got toasted. Like, that was part of the process. Never eaten at Quiznos. Oh, well, this isn't Quiznos either. This is a different place. It is a chain, but I don't know how big of a chain, so I don't want to name drop just in case it's, like, too local. Um, I don't want to – they're not paying us, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, but they uh, – so – now I'm like, okay, fine, just pick something. And she picks Denny's. So in oh, my head, no. in my head, I'm like, there's no chance that I can be a vegetarian and eat at Denny's. So I'm thinking, I'm just not going to eat at Denny's. I'm going to take them, I'm going to let them eat, and I'll get something somewhere else afterwards or whatever. Fortunately, I was able to create a meal, a, actually, not a breakfast, a meal with a veggie burger, because they do have a veggie burger option. That was only like three, three and a half, three hundred and fifty calories or so, um, and then instead of French fries, I got zucchini and squash, which was actually pretty tasty. I was impressed that they, uh, their vegetables were good and not awful. Um, they weren't perfect, mind you. Like they were definitely not cut by a master chef because they were all sorts of uneven, but nonetheless, um, tasty. And so I managed to keep my meal under uh, the calories that I was trying to keep it to and stay vegetarian. Um, so it worked out, but I was, I was frustrated by all of those events that had led to that. And then something else happened. I'm trying to remember oh, what the last no. thing was. Something else went wrong. And so when I got, I got home and I was just like, gosh, darn it. I have to go ahead and watch this stupid movie. And so I went into this movie frustrated Pissed. and yeah, yeah, not in the right state of mind to watch a movie and critique it. Um, man, I wish I could remember what the other thing was that really frustrated me, but something happened. And so, needless to say, I was not in the mood for a 1982 animated film about a unicorn um, that I don't know if I would have liked normally. I did. I still. I will not use my uh, anger to say this is a bad movie. I did not enjoy it, um, and I do not think I would want to watch it again. It felt very much of the time that it came out. Like, it felt very, very 80s. And I'm not a big fan of a lot of 80s stuff anyways. And, uh... We're so opposite that way. I know. That is one of our biggest uh, glaring differences. But, which is weird, though, because I do like, like, Stranger Things, like, 80s nostalgia. Like, for for <laughs> movies. Like that are, like, about the 80s or, like, not to the 80s, but not actually in the 80s. I mean, I love Back to the Future. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff um, from the 80s that I do love, but there's also a lot of stuff I don't. And this particular thing, I do not. Um, again, I can see why people like it. Uh, I do think if I had been shown this as a kid, I probably wouldn't have attached to it because of the... Well, depending on what age. At some point, I would have thought it was too girly, which I don't think that now because I've, I'm a progressive male who is, uh, you know, trying to be very much aware of gender roles but i think as a kid especially if it hit me probably by seven or eight if i saw it then i would have been like this is girly because unicorns are for girls you know that would have been my ignorance as a child that i think would have stopped me from liking this then that's not why i don't like it now and i do like why i'm gonna go uh not a total hatred of it um alan arkin is it's kind of interesting hearing him voice act um and jeff bridges character is is fine i guess i don't know it, i i definitely didn't click with this movie um 
Also, I I guess this would be a spoiler, but there is one uh, drawing of one creature that I was shocked at. <laughs> like, uh, the, the visual, I was like, oh, wow, this is not kid-friendly. Um, we'll get into what it was momentarily, but yeah, I, I did not enjoy it. Um, you sounded like you you liked it more, but still didn't really enjoy it. it I and I liked it, but I just feel like to love this movie, you had to love it as a kid. I, I agree with that. You know, like, it just had to, like, be there from, you know, your beginning. And, and I'm like that about movies, even movies that I am sure are not great movies. But I love them anyways, because I yeah. loved them when I was a kid. Yo, for sure. There's tons of movies. Uh, Hudson Hawk, for me, right? Like, I mean, that movie keeps getting brought up. But, I mean, I had a cappuccino at dinner, and that is because I... of Hudson Hawk. Yeah, like, that is my drink, going back to being a kid um, and my obsession with that movie. I've always loved cappuccino um, because he loved cappuccino. And I want to be the best cat burglar in the world. No, uh, I do not. But um, I think that's it for non-spoilers. Uh, let's get into spoiler talk, Corey. Okay, guys, we are going to talk about this movie in great detail. If you haven't seen it, you can go stream it on Amazon Prime. It sounded like you were going to tell them to go straight to heck. Uh (laughs) Straight to hell, boy. No, I'm kidding. I'll start singing some Clash to you very badly. Ah. Um, Yeah. Uh, So here we go. You've been warned. So the the harpy, the harpy uh, that is locked in a cage has like three giant tits with like nipples hanging out and everything um in this cartoon did you notice that um no i didn't okay so the unicorn oh gets... my god i'm googling it right now and you are <laughs> so right i was staring at this like what am i watching like, what <laughs> oh is going god. on <laughs> I, okay so i feel like we need to talk about something else okay because i mean i know that you and i have watched movies that could be deemed inappropriate since like before we could talk but like i was really surprised when the harpy came out and killed two people yeah and this and movie's just, like, rated on g the ground, dead yeah yeah i was like is this real i thought that they were gonna run off or something or run into there whatever and then it tried to kill her too even though she set it free yep Ugh. yep okay so thank you for pointing that out to me i'll never not be able to yeah and the, and we should also point out that it's voiced by angela lansbury and oh no i'm sorry the harpy's no, that's, not that's the she's the the witch that the harpy kills um fortuna yeah i was what did the harpy have a name um i thought that it was called something else yeah i don't think that it doesn't really speak it just makes noises i think but um yeah so mia farrow is the voice of the unicorn i found the unicorn to be obnoxious um a lot like especially early on when it's just like you think i'm a horse and i'm just like oh oh this is a pretentious unicorn um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't get what's cool about unicorns, by the way. Like, I mean, in this movie, like they are like protectors of the forest, and like nothing can be hunted while there's a unicorn. Like, it makes everything invisible. And I don't, I don't know if that's normal lore, or if that's explicitly to this movie. Um, I guess I never really thought about unicorn lore. I just know that they are horses with a horn. And horses, John. Did you learn nothing? Oh, I learned nothing. Apparently, you're right. They're not <laughs> horses. What are are they? Not like of horse species? Like 
don't really know. Okay, well, I, I, I did not, um, I did not click with this movie. Uh, again, I thought that was a big part of it was like I didn't really care for the unicorn. Um, Alan Arkin shows up. Uh, she meets him. Uh, he's a wizard name. Oh boy, uh, Schmendrick. Yeah, which is the weirdest like like Jewish sounding wizard name they could have come up with. That's what my husband said. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Schmendrick. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Is what? this? <laughs> Hold on, where are we? Um, and he is not a wizard, but is a wizard. Like he has magic. But initially, he doesn't. But he does, and like it's. I think I don't that he know. just doesn't know how to harness the power of his magic, and then, you know, his intentions are pure, and then, oh, I don't really know. But uh, I feel like that's what it was. I will say that. It's Alan Arkin doing the voice of this, and there is a, a tone in his voice that tells me he's incredulous to what he's doing. Like, it doesn't <laughs> sound like he's taking it seriously, but he's playing the character, but it also sounds like he's like, why am I doing this? Who hired me? Where's my agent? Like, there's a... I'm kind of really surprised at the people who voice acted in this movie. Yeah, uh, I mean... Like, I can't believe it, actually. I don't know if he's ever voice acted outside of this. I feel like he has, but... I am a huge fan of his. I actually like him in a lot of movies. And I like Jeff Bridges. I mean, it's the dude. He abides, you know? Yeah. Um, and as Princess L- Liar or Lear, oh, man. Like, the most stereotypical prince, in, I think, in an animated movie. Right? Like, he is just, like, the hero. They even straight up call him that. Like, he's the hero. He'll save the day. And um, he's like, yes, that's right. I am the hero. So I will do this thing. And I'm just like wait a minute, what is, why is this okay that he's acknowledging, like, this meta element to the story, where he's, like, breaking the fourth wall, essentially, and saying, oh yeah, this is what happens in movies like this, I will save the day, and save her, um, and from the villain, and the villain is the king, but, and the king is voiced by Christopher Lee, who does a very Christopher Lee, you know, performance, uh, which is, you know, there's that, he's got that amazing voice, right, like, his voice has that there's like a sense of um grandeur to his voice to me like he sounds like a king he sounds like nobility and um and yet the real villain is a monster cory what's the monster's name it's the red bull right yeah so when this movie came out that was probably nothing but watching it in 2018 I just kept asking if it was going to give her wings. That was the only thing. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. I'm like, the Red Bull, does it give it wings? Because if so, I am going to have to take up some issues. Take away its horns. Yeah, I I was... uh, The Red Bull was... I I just... I don't know. That's where Red Bull got their name from. I mean... I'm wondering that now. Um... Maybe, like, the the guy who made the energy drink was a big fan of this movie or hates unicorns. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I don't know. Um, it's definitely not made for me. It was made, you know, for, for children, apparently, even though there's, you know, harpies with giant tits. Um, and I'm sorry for using that word, mind you, but I don't know how else to describe what I'm looking at on this harpy. Oops, I don't really know. I feel I like... expecting you to say that. I, I don't feel like boobs fits no, for what's right. happening. Yeah, it, it, I what's happening on the screen right now. I, and I don't I, know how I missed that. Well, I, I watched it on my laptop, uh, which I don't oh. usually do, but I was um, 
I don't remember why I opted to just sit in the living room and watch it. I think because I hadn't seen Kathy for like four days because I was in New York, so I didn't want to like, all right, I'm going to go hide in the man room. So um, I opted to just watch it with headphones on on my laptop. So it was like in my face, which probably didn't help anything. You know, like usually if there's a TV, there's some degree of separation where here I had the, the computer, you know, 12 inches from my face and I'm just like, yep, yep, that's happening. Uh, and I, I tried hard not to get on my cell phone, but I did get on my cell phone. I was, um, at one point I considered taking a nap during it. Um, you, you're getting a little quiet, Corey. I don't know if your mic was moved. Oh, no. Okay. I don't know what it is. Like it got like super quiet for a few moments there. Um, like, I could hear you talking, but I couldn't hear you talking. Sometimes I whisper talk. Oh, well, don't do that when we're recording a podcast, Corey. Sorry. Jeez. Sorry. Worst podcaster ever. Do they have a Webby, like, equivalent for that? Probably. Um, that would get us some notoriety. Is that notoriety? Notoriety. Notoriety is possible. I, I don't know that I can get any of that. I'm trying. Um, trying really hard, guys. But, I, I don't know. Is there anything that you, like, overtly yeah, love? talk about. No, I need to talk about so I was afraid going into this that I had watched it at some point and I just didn't remember because holy hell as a child I watched a lot of movies mm-hmm. and like I kind of remember the part where the unicorns are coming back out of the ocean and I was really sad when she got caught at the beginning <laughs> like I was really upset mm. I was like this is the beginning of the movie this is not how it's going to end but I'm really sad about it right now um, and I just want to really talk about the music because I don't think it sounds like 80s music. I feel like it sounds like the crappy music that came out of the 70s. The crappy yeah. music that came out of the 70s that made me think that I just didn't like 70s music. You know? Yeah. Like, dirty, hippie, bad music. Like, I bought this acoustic guitar at a garage sale yeah. and I don't really... Like, not-so-good folk music. Yeah, and I was just like... Why are they narrating what's happening on the screen with the song, with the, like, lyrics in the song? That would have probably even driven me crazy as a kid. Like, I just don't like... Hey, now, Randy Newman made a giant career out of doing just that in Toy Story, for example. Um, You know, You've Got a Friend in Me is pretty much... Oh, I do too. But I'm just saying, that's if done right, I guess is what I'm saying, that narration song can work. But in this movie, I I was going kind of crazy with the music, and I agree. It, it was like stupid. I can't mm-hmm. even remember a, a like a seri- like what a part of the movie that they were like narrating. It just didn't flow well. It doesn't sound good. It all sounded kind of the same, but with different words. You know, mm-hmm. it was just really bad. And I don't really like America, not the country band, but um. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get hate mail. No, Corey's coming out as communist. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. What is it? The, I know. I thought that's where you were, you were going with, like, the Red Bull. I was thinking. Oh, no. Like, steering towards, I, like, anti-communism. I won't lie. Of all the reviews we've done now, uh, which was, this is episode 60-something, um, 68, I think, I, I have thought the least about this movie. Um, this is going in without any question. I thought I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. I just could not care less about this film. Um, I don't. I don't, again. I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just not for me. 
<laughs> and no, no. Um, I, I knew you would do that too. I was trying to make sure you weren't taking the blame for this. Um, because again, this wasn't like a film you recommended. This is a film you picked um, on a whim. And I mean, it could have just honestly, it's crazy because we did back to back animated films, and I loved My Neighbor Totoro a lot. Like, so it's not like I'm against animation. It's just this particular style. Yeah, uh, this particular style just did not work for me. Um, I didn't like the music, uh, which can definitely take me out of a movie, and it definitely was taking me out of the movie. Um, I could have fallen asleep, and to be fair, again, the movie had a lot to 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 win me over, and so I, I prefaced my opinion of this film with that story. Um, and again, my problems are minimal; like it was the dumbest thing to be upset about. But I had been gone for five days. I um, was exhausted. Uh, I watched a lot of movies in those times, and half of the movies I saw were great, and the other half were not so great. Um, I still I still have two reviews to write because it's just been that kind of week. Because I also had grades were due for interims this week, and um, I, I had to do a 30-minute application because uh, I'm hoping to be teaching two college classes next semester. Um, what? Yeah, at, at our local community college, I should be teaching two computer classes at night. Um because you know, I got my master's when I started BerkReviews.com, and uh, I've that's part of my goal is to end up at some point as a full-time college professor. Um, long time from now, I, I still I love I love teaching high school, but I do know eventually I want to move into the college uh, sector, and yeah, and I'm starting my my process of building my resume hopefully next semester. But I had to do this really long application, which I don't understand if a application requires you to upload a resume why you still have to fill out the rest of the application that has the same information as your resume it does not make sense to me <laughs> but um so like just it was just a long week so I, this movie had everything going against it and then i also don't think i would have liked it even if i was in a great mood so um again not to say i don't think it's necessarily bad I, I, there's nothing that stands out to me. There's some weird things like the the harpy, and I find the Red Bull being kind of odd. The voice cast is is really strong, and I think I do think Alan Arkin's really hamming it up and not not doesn't sound like he's enjoying himself um, to me. But at the same time, maybe he's enjoying himself too much. Like he's in he's kind of biting down on the silliness of the film that it's about a unicorn and a wizard and a hero and an evil king and a giant red bull who's taking all the unicorns to the sea and i still don't understand why they couldn't come out of the sea did you get that because i i did not what why why once he put them in the sea they couldn't come back out because the red bull wasn't letting them out i thought i don't know to me there's like way too many unicorns to like not take that red bull but um and then the, it is kind of a fake title because she's not the last unicorn. There's others out there. I think but she is. I know, and that is you're supposed to feel sorry for her in isolation, and I I didn't. Um, I did. Such a sap. I guess I'm kind of like, well, wait, how did you not know there's no other unicorns? Like, why do you care if you were oblivious to the fact that you were the last one in the first place? Why does it matter that you're the last one now? Like, well, I would be worried. Who's protecting all the other forests, John? I guess. All the animals, and the animals were so sad when she left because they weren't protected anymore. I was really sad about the animals. <laughs> it I was weird. I kept waiting Bambi. for for the bear to like just eat something. Um, 
because like the bears just like chilling with like rabbits and crap and i was like that that got me thinking i'm like do bears not eat other animals like i know they eat fish not forest i guess not um i don't know i i was definitely not into this movie um i don't have anything else to say unless you do all right uh my rating is I'm i'm gonna be nice and give it not a total waste of time because i do think there's things about this film that people could like um none of them really work for me i do think the voice cast is there and i think it's not a total waste of time because i it's part of 80s history um and twenty one thousand people on imdb have rated this and it's got a 7.5 so people love it it just it's just not for me um cory what are your what's your review i am always stuck between two i uh i don't feel like it's quite a decent watch but i don't think it's quite a not waste not a total waste of time either yep um, i say if you're torn go decent watch okay there we go okay i'm i'm even more excited about next month though Corey. Um, and i accidentally watched the wrong movie so i'm out of schedule oh yeah you could have included that in your watch um list earlier but um okay so next month the month of may 2018 we're going to be watching movies of, of paul thomas anderson that we have not seen and for me or one at least one of us have not seen i have not seen three of the four movies we're going to be watching this month um and one of them i saw when i was far too young to watch it so it's going to be a good rewatch. um but our first one and i'm super excited because i'm looking at this cast and like holy cow the people in this movie um so we're going to be watching for the first movie of uh, our paul thomas anderson month inherent vice from 2014 um in 1970 drug-fueled los angeles private investigator larry doc sportello investigates the disappearance of a former girlfriend and listen to this cast man joaquin phoenix josh brolin thanos himself um owen wilson katherine watterson uh that kind of i guess where it ends but joanna newsome jordan christian something or other um eric roberts shows up in this movie wow oh maya rudolph is in this movie and that's the gist of it hong chow shannon collis oh oh benicio del toro way down on the list here but oh jenna malone's in this oh man i'm excited um reese witherspoon this movie this cast keeps on coming you gotta scroll pretty far to get some of these names oh martin short what is happening so um i think i picked this one uh because i've never seen it and i i saw um phantom thread and really enjoyed that earlier this year and uh i love um there will be blood and it it became apparent that uh paul thomas anderson is a big director who i have a lot of gaps with and i decided that we needed to do a month of paul thomas anderson to knock out some of these big movies and inherent vice is one i own and have not watched and you like it and brendan is a big fan of this film or a friend of the show brendan and um what's that we're gonna hyphenate that yes correct um so i am i'm very excited to give this a watch uh we are going to record earlier this week than normal because you're going to be in atlanta with brendan right yeah so i need to uh to watch this pretty soon because it is a longer film uh two hours and 28 minutes um i don't know if it's streamable on any of the services right now but um i i like i said i own it digitally and Corey owns it physically 
And so we'll be watching this to talk about it for our next episode. Are you going to watch it again, or did this... No. no? Okay. I forgot how long it is. Yeah, it's long. That's that's a Paul Thomas Anderson thing from what I've uh, witnessed. Um, and, now, you know, this is the... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that I just really enjoy all of the movies that I've seen by him. I think there are only, like, maybe two or three that I haven't seen. One, I, one of those I tried to watch and just going to get into. But... Um, and I love walking, but... What was I gonna say? Oh, I say shiitake a lot. I try to not cuss as much. My favorite word is the F word, but mm. I try not to cuss as much, so I say shiitake a lot. And every time I say it now, since your joke, I just think of Phantom Thread. Ah, yep. <laughs> so I'm just like shiitake, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Um. I. I know. There's actually. I think. Uh, this year, he's. This is the only month where we have a director as our topic, um, but I think next year I really want to do maybe every other month have a director, because um, I got to interview uh, a director named Pablo Bryant the other night, um, and he has a documentary called Mr. Fish Cartooning from the Deep End, and um, his top five uh, for the interview. I I had not seen four of the films, um, and two of them were directed by Sidney Lumet. And it became apparent that I have even more gaps than I realized. Um, so I think that's something maybe next year we'll try to pick big name directors and catch some of these movies. Um, but the episode where I interview Pablo Bryant is out. Uh, it's listed as top five movies. That will be the last top five movie interview episode. Uh, for the future, when we do an interview, I am not going to require our guests to make a top five list. Um, partly in uh, uh, because Pablo was kind of tormented by it. Um, he was like, this is the most unfair question. Because it, it is hard to narrow, especially because it's all time. We're basically saying, pick what you think are the five greatest movies. And then think about how critical movie lovers can be. So if you pick the wrong five movies in somebody's eyes, they can really hate you for it. Um, to heck with them. Yeah, but... Uh, I think I had such a good time talking to Pablo and I would have kept, I, I easily could have filled the whole hour just talking about the documentary. And, um, so that is going to be the shift. So both Burke reviews, movie club and top five movies are under the umbrella, Burke reviews.com movie cast. And, um, from now on, I think when we have interviews, we'll just do it as Burke reviews.com movie cast. And we'll just talk to the person. And if it's a 10 minute interview or a hour long interview, that's what it'll be. Um, and if they want to do a top five list, they're more than welcome to, but we won't make that a requirement. Uh, that'll open up the door too for people who have 10 minutes to do an interview and they, you know, if it's on the fly, we don't have to, cause usually I have to give them at least a week's notice to build their top five list. And, uh, that's just the one shift. And, um, but that is going to make top five movies every other week from now on. Um, uh, starting with this next episode uh, that we'll be doing the Sunday. But basically every other week we will have an episode of Top 5 Movies. Movie Club will continue being weekly and the interview episodes will just come out as they come out. If they, um, you know, if we end up getting one uh, one week and not for a few weeks, that's going to be how it is. Um, you'll still get at least guaranteed a weekly episode of Burke Reviews Movie Club, a bi-weekly episode of Top 5 Movies, and the occasional interview or uh, film festival related podcast episodes. 
So I'll make that announcement again at the end of Top 5 Movies, and um, I'll tweet it out too, just to make sure all of our listeners are aware of the little changes that we're going to be making. Um, I've really enjoyed doing the interviews, and I know you haven't been able to be on all of them, Corey, but uh, we've had some amazing guests. Uh, yes, everyone has been so nice and so... Uh, I felt like everyone's enjoyed talking. I, I've definitely got that vibe. Um, several people who we've interviewed uh, have been have reached out to us afterwards uh, to just ke- keep communications going, and I think it's um, just passion. Uh, they they know how much I love film, and while I am a, I do consider myself a critic, even though I guess some critics might feel like I haven't earned my my right to call myself that or not, but. Um, I, I study film, and while I haven't taken any classes, I have actively sought that material. Like I have not just—I'm not just the guy who goes to the movies and thinks he knows what he's talking about. I've read textbooks, I've watched instructional videos, I've—I I do teach them. But I mean, even that um, to teach them, I, I do the research. I feel an obligation to know as much about this medium as I can. And while I, I haven't gone to college yet, I still want to. And I still plan on getting my master's or a PhD, one or the other, in film studies at some point. Um, I'll probably wait till my daughter has graduated high school before I take on more debt. Um, but it is, this is my passion. And the podcast that we do, I think the people that we've had on get that and they share it. I mean, that's, this is what they're dedicating their lives to. And I think that's where that conversation is, is so much fun. Um, Pablo was uh, was great in picking his brain about um, Mr. Fish, who is a political cartoonist. Um, who the the documentary is fantastic. It, it's currently doing the festival circuit. Um, so if you have a film festival nearby, keep an eye out for Mr. Fish cartooning from the deep uh, the deep end. Um, I screwed up in the interview and I, I called it by the right title the first time, but halfway through I called it uh, cartooning from the dark side, and I was super embarrassed that I messed it up. But he, Pablo was really cool about it, and he's like, I actually kind of like that title. Uh, I was like, yes, it's the Star Wars version. <laughs> but um, that he, it was. I kind of bummed that you weren't able to be on it. But uh, I and I, I will admit, I got real nervous being solo on an interview episode because I'm always afraid if I don't, if the person and I don't click, I have no backup to like pull me out of it. But I lucked out, and Pablo, just like all of our other guests, uh, we clicked very well and had a good conversation so um that's it for burke reviews movie club again we'll be watching uh, inherent vice next week in our beginning of paul thomas anderson month of may and until then you can follow us on social media i'm at burke reviews on twitter um letterbox and uh instagram cory at cory r star two r's on the end and you can read my reviews at burkreviews.com including all of my Tribeca coverage, which I still have a couple of reviews to come out for that. Uh, my review of Avengers uh, Infinity War, which I absolutely loved. Um, and wh- I make some strong arguments as to why the critics who are hating on it are approaching it from the wrong perspective, I think. Um, it is not like other movies in many ways. There is no franchise quite like the Marvel one. Um, there's no, no precedent for how this movie should be. But it feels very much like a comic book crossover And that's what I think it should be. So, until next time, folks, uh, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.